0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Beer & Money. I am Ryan Burkwell and I'm Alex Knox. In our last episode, we were talking about how your money is taxed, depending on what type of an account you put your money into. On today's episode, we're gonna be talking about more around how much money should be where, and what are the implications of that? So what decisions, What things should you be analyzing in regards to where you should be putting your money? So uh, just to kind of paint the picture here, I mean, Alex and I, normally, when we sit down with our clients, a big bulk of our clients' money when they first sit down with us is really sitting in one type of vehicle. And it's sitting in that tax-deferred traditional 401k vehicle
1: it's what everyone's been taught to do it's some of the the first advice that people get is max your 401k or max your employer contribution inside of your 401k
0: and we're going to throw out three main pieces to have you consider maybe that's not where all of your money should be when you get to retirement and the first the first point that we're going to get to here is how many different buckets of money do we have and how many years of work do we have right if if you're in your mid 30s or even in your 40s you're going to have somewhere between 20 30 plus years of working left so oftentimes we've got people that have their emergency fund their savings account and then they have their 401k there's their two buckets of money
1: Right. They've got their extreme short-term and their extreme long-term handled.
0: And we always ask people, okay, so in a 20 or 30-plus-year time horizon, would anything come up that you might need extra money for?
1: No, Ryan. I have my entire financial future planned down to the second. And right. Penny.
0: It- it, most people actually laugh at us like well a ton of things right we might be buying a new house we might be having a child we might be putting a new roof on the house we might be sending our kid to college we might be moving to a different state we might be I mean we might buy knows? a vacation
1: property we might we might invest in our company there there are so many different things that occur in life right
0: So we always suggest making sure that we have at least a midterm bucket of money as well. That way, we've got a third bucket of money that, A, is liquid, because if most of our money is tied in a retirement account. It's not that liquid. You're going to pay taxes mo- if it's in a traditional 401k, and you're going to pay a penalty if you're below the age of 59 and a half.
1: And yes, you might be able to borrow from it, but there's severe limitations, and that they, it's just not a very great liquid bucket of money.
0: So let's have that midterm bucket. So, uh, you know, Alex, I'm sure most people are wondering okay, what would classify or what what would count as a midterm bucket?
1: I mean, there's really two two main vehicles that fit into this midterm bucket. Uh, One is a brokerage account, uh, meaning it's a a non qualified, non tax qualified investment account. Uh, And this could have anything from individual stocks to individual bonds to mutual funds ETFs your company stock I mean the vehicles that are inside it are uh, it we're open there's no one particular vehicle that that we would say you should own or you must have um, and it really depends on like that midterm bucket spans a long period of time it depends on what you're trying to tackle as far as how those dollars should be invested the the other vehicle that typically fits into there is permanent life insurance and the cash value that builds up inside of it. I don't, any discussion around life insurance, it has to be an insurance-based product first. There's a reason why we we own life insurance. But once we do, now let's talk about what are the other things that can do for us and why might we want to have other assets. Um, other examples of vehicles that fit into here would be like uh, home ownership, uh, a second home, a rental property, uh, other things of that nature that, that fits. Those vehicles typically aren't very liquid. Um, now we can put like a home equity line of credit on it and things of that nature. So there's ways to increase the liquidity, uh, but those those vehicles aren't necessarily liquid in and of themselves. Doesn't say that they're, doesn't mean that they're bad vehicles to, to own. We absolutely love the concept of owning real estate as part of a balanced portfolio. Just don't own it for liquidity purposes.
0: So the reason number one in terms of thinking about where you're putting your money, make sure you've got three different buckets of money and not just, we'll say two, but really for the most part, it's one. and It's all sitting in that retirement account that's tax deferred and you can't touch your age 59 and a half. So let's go to point two. And this is really when we're putting money in these different buckets most people are not really considering what are the tax implications when they go to pull the money out. Like They're not preparing really for the future use of that money. They're really looking at it from the standpoint of, how will I be taxed today?
1: A 100%, right? And this is one of the conversations we have a lot with people of them wanting the deduction today and not realizing that that's going to make it taxable for them in the future. And so really, in order to have this conversation there's really a couple other things that we need to pack into it. One, what do we expect our income to be? Now, in the future, close to retirement, for, for most of our clients, their maximum earning years are in their 50s and maybe even into their 60s, towards the end of their career. And who knows what tax brackets are going to do in the future, right? The one thing that we do know is that if nothing changes, which inevitably something will, but if nothing changes, the Trump era tax cuts are set to sunset in 2025, and our taxes will go up. They will go back to where they were prior to Trump. And the the likelihood of that not occurring is fairly small. Uh, We don't know exactly what they're going to. My guess is that there's going to be some amount of legislation passed that, that will change it. I mean who knows exactly what it's going to go to from everybody that i've talked to the expectation is, is that taxes are going up in the future so if we do nothing and taxes go up or there's legislation and taxes go up and we're going to earn more in the future it seems to reason that for most folks again do this on an individual basis make the calculation it's important to to, to look at the individual circumstances However, the younger we are, the lower our income is today, the more advantageous looking at Roth and capital gains tax structures are compared to creating a bigger and bigger and bigger tax shadow down the road when we get to retirement.
0: I, I always look at it this way. If all of your money when you get to retirement is sitting in one type of vehicle, either tax-free, tax-deferred, or taxable. either way, you're essentially betting your retirement from a tax efficiency standpoint in that one bucket. So an example of what I'm getting at here is, if you chose all of your money to be tax deferred, if taxes happen to go down when you retire, that was a fantastic decision. The flip side is if taxes go up, then that was a very bad decision. Conversely, in the tax-free aspect, if all of your money is tax-free, depending on what taxes go up in the future, decides whether or not that was a good or bad decision. And Alex and I are stating, (laughs) we don't know what taxes are going to do. We would not bet really in either direction. We'd rather just have the flexibility over time and that's a big piece of this
1: yeah create create balance which means that at retirement we want to have these three vehicles and these three structures roughly be equal and if we're taking a look at it from okay when do we build which one typically we're going to want to have roth earlier on and we're going to want to have traditional later on it doesn't mean it's not that that's always the case like there are plenty of examples that we have even with our own clients where taking the tax deduction now when we're in our 30s makes a ton of sense. So it's not saying all of one or all of another, but where we can, in most circumstances,
0: lean more towards Roth. And that's the third point about having your money or choosing where to be putting your money. Make sure it's balanced make sure it's not all in one style. Now we're not telling you to have 30 different buckets. That would be hard to manage, right? So don't take this For to the sure. extreme. I'm imagining like a, like a mini Alex Collins on the other line right now. Spreadsheets, <laughs> lots and lots of spreadsheets. The point is, is when you have balance across your money and how it's taxed, what type of flexibility does that create now? And when you go to pull that out for retirement as well. Yeah, having the choice
1: to be able to make a distribution be taxable or tax-free just by where you pull those dollars from provides a huge amount of flexibility and the ability to, to somewhat control what your income is in the future. Now, that can be huge depending upon circumstances and
0: situation. So just a quick review, three reasons or choices that you need to consider when you decide where you're putting your money. First, make sure you've got three different buckets of money, a short-term, a mid-term, and a long-term. Second, how are those those buckets going to be taxed? And then third, make sure it's balanced. And start at
1: the end and work backwards. If we want to create balance at the end, okay, well, which contribute type of contributions do we want in our 50s, then in our 40s, then in our 30s to try and help give us a sense of, okay, what does balance actually look like? And when do we
0: want to put dollars where? So we hope this episode was valuable for you. Alex, I think that takes us to the question of the day. It does.
1: Our question is really asking you guys, how did you decide where to put your money to create tax efficient strategies? So head over to uh, beerandmoney.net and scroll down. You can answer the question of the day. If there's a topic that you guys want us to tackle, uh, feel free to let us know there. And if you're interested in, in reaching out and having conversation with Ryan or myself or both of us, let us know. We're happy to have that conversation.
0: As always, we hope this episode is valuable for you, and Mr. Collins, cheers.
2: This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be construed as tax, legal or investment advice. Although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations can vary, therefore the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Ryan and Alex are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities, LLC. OSJ 333 North Indian Hill Boulevard, Claremont, California, 91711, 909-399-1100. Securities products and advisory services offered through Park Avenue Securities, member FINRA, SIPC. Financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. Park Avenue Securities is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Quantified Financial Partners is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. Ryan Burklow, AR Insurance License number 15319412. CA Insurance License number 0K24924. Alexander Collins AR insurance license number 7264699 CA insurance license number 0H24806 number 2021116257 expiration February 2023